0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. Alright. Well, we're starting our brand new series tonight called Clean. And this series has been in the making for the past two or three weeks now. I was going to I was gonna have actually another sermon prepared, another sermon series prepared uh, for this, but I feel I feel like this one's a lot better because the other one was about relationships, and I'm gonna get to that probably later this summer or, or something like that. But but for this for this series to come out, especially in the in even though it's Valentine's Day is only on the 14th, val- February is usually put as like the Valentine's month. It's just love is in the air all of February, and. <clears throat> and i wanted to i wanted to go through this series because i i believe right now in our society and in our culture that purity is is compromised a lot and it's very downplayed because a lot of people think that being pure is is trash they think being pure is weak they think being pure is you being a sissy or you being a weenie hut junior <laughs> or whatever that looks like they always try to downplay purity and i think you know a lot of times when, when we downplay purity, a lot of messed up stuff can come into our life. And I think if you've experienced that lack of purity in your life, I want to preach about it in this series, um, about being clean. And here's a disclaimer, not just being clean about your, your mind or even in sexual purity, because I'm going to talk about that. That's, we're going to talk about sex in a way that's, that doesn't leave the room. But what I do also want to talk about is I don't want to also not neglect I don't want to neglect the other stuff about you that you feel dirty about. Maybe it's not lust. Maybe it's an insecurity. Maybe it's not lustful thoughts. Maybe it's negative thoughts. Maybe it's not this and that of, of the sexual sense, but maybe it's something in your mind that you're really, really dealing with. And you want to be pure through mentally, physically, spiritually. And I hope this series, as you pay attention for these next four weeks, because it's a four-week series. I hope you can kind of follow it along, and 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 hope you can get something from this and receive something from this. Um, this is week one of the series, out of the four. Week one out of four, and uh, I want to I want to use this this Bible verse as an anchor for this message. And it's in Psalm 51, verse 10, and it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Create in me a pure heart. God wants to create in you a pure heart. He doesn't want you to feel dirty in your heart. He wants you to feel pure in your heart. The title of my message is A Pure Heart. A pure heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message. Father, we appreciate what you're speaking to us in this time about purity. Father, I pray that even though I can articulate and I can sound really good, Father, I pray, Lord, that, that you speak to them in any way that you see fit, that my opinion and wisdom in this does not matter. Only what matters is what you say about it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen here's the question have you ever felt really dirty before like let me give you a little story i i am not a dirty person well like i hate feeling dirty now i'm not just talking about like leaving your clothes on the on the in in your room and stuff like that like i'm not talking about that type of dirty i'm talking about like i hate dry mud type of dirty i hate gooey nasty like if it if it smells bad and it feels bad and it looks bad i don't want anything to do with it i consider that dirty i don't want that at all on my body or whatever i i I extremely hate dirtiness and and to kind of give you the illustration of what i'm talking about um you got uh, some of you know i love sneakers sneakers are like the best thing since sliced bread for me i i love shoes i've been loving shoes for the past two years because one of my friends from 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 CLC the Bible college I went to uh he got me into wearing sneakers cuz I saw him with a pair of Jordans and he actually let me keep them they were beat up and everything I I don't have them anymore but but they were so beat up and it was so bad and I probably wanted wanted to keep them because this was a close friend of mine in school but they were so beat up. I don't mind a beat up sneaker. I just don't like a dirty, beat up sneaker. That's the one thing I hate. I hate dirty, beat up sneakers. Like, like, let me get down on one knee and start cleaning your shoes. Like, that's how I feel is I want to clean your shoe because it looks disgusting. But, but a lot of times, like, and yes, you can probably consider me like a Yankee or a neat freak or whatever, like a city person. I'm really not. I, I live in the country like part i live in parks it's like a little village so i live in a country part of louisiana but at the same time i do consider myself like i would love to live in the city like i would love to live in an apartment and stuff like that like that's a or at least live in a house inside the city of like lafayette or or scott whatever that looks like i would i would do it for sure but there was this one time, I think this is what started the dirtiness for me, and this is why this gives me the PTSD, because it's a, it's a good and bad memory. It's a funny bad memory of mine. When I was younger, I was like five year, five, six years old at the time, and I went fishing with my parin. If you don't know what parin means, it means uncle, or no, I'm sorry, uh, godfather in, uh, in Cajun. So if you don't, if you're not from here, that's what it means. If you're aunt, if you're not Cajun or whatever. But, but, I got to go fishing with him. I have, you know, I call it Fishing Rod Junior. You know what I'm saying? I had this little fishing rod. And, and I went to fish with him one time when I was younger. And the funny thing was, was that, and, and, and basically what I'm going with this is that I got very dirty, but I'm gonna show, I'm gonna tell you why. And I hate going through it because I hate thinking about it because I, I, it gives me PTSD. But, but, but this is what happened. I, We went fishing. We went to Poche's, actually, which is Inbro Bridge. It's like, it's like 20 to 30 minutes away from where I live. Actually, a little bit less than that. I think it's about 15 to 20 minutes if there's no traffic. And, and we went fishing. Me, my dad, and my Param, we went fishing. And, man, I was, I was, I was kind of nervous because I hadn't really fished a lot. I fished about a year before I went fishing with my Param because my dad took me fishing a little bit and it, it was a very vivid memory. I really don't remember it but but i remember kind of fishing in some sort of way and we went we went fishing in poches and we sat right close to the edge where the grass is and i sat there and and i waited for the fish to catch my to catch my little little bait i had a little i sm- obviously with a smaller fishing rod i had a smaller worm and that worm looked dead i <laughs> that worm looked like it was dead i I'm, I'm like i ain't catching no fish but but in, at Pochet's, I, I had known this from them. They are very fam- They're famous in that area for having a lot of big bass in their, in their pond. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm chilling there, fishing with my fishing rod, just sitting there doing it with my fishing rod. And, and my, uh, my is just sitting there fishing as well, but he's in a chair. I'm just sitting on the grass. Like, I'm just sitting there on the grass. I'm like, yeah, I'm just fishing. But, but what happened what happened was what happened was there was a bass right next to us where we were fishing and my my grand, my parent was he was actually supposed to be the one to catch the bass because the bass was huge when i say the bass was as long up to like my waist right here and i'm a tall dude it was up to my waist and i was about the same size as that like that as a kid Boy, you best believe he was probably the same amount of pounds as me. Probably like maybe like a hundred, maybe a little bit less, like ninety pounds, eighty pounds. Because I was I was so small kid, I was still solid as a kid, but I was still a lot smaller. And 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 the bass. Wh- what's crazy is the bass literally passed up my parents' uh, bait and took my bait. And and you probably know where I'm going with this. You think, oh, he fell into the water. How did you fall into the water? Well. Me and my stupid self, I held on to the fishing rod and I literally threw out into the water. And the bass went down and he pulled me into the water. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, that's why I got so afraid of fish as a kid. Because I was really afraid of fish because of that. Because of what had happened with this with this bass. And it was fine, you know. In a moment I was like, oh, it's just water. But But come to think, I didn't realize this. It was muddy, musky, and rainy that day. So as I'm in the water, I walk out, I'm full of mud. Like, cause it was a little steep, it was a little bit high right there. It wasn't as deep, but it was high. So I was sitting in the mud, rolling in the mud in the water. And then I came back up because I let go with the fishing rod. And I came up and I'm full of mud, man. I, I'm like, Egh. like, I was, I was getting so anxious. I was like, I was freaking out like, like I was gonna die or something like that, right? You, you overdramatize. You, you, you freak out when you die. You feel like you're gonna die when you don't like something that's on you or whatever. And that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like, like, like it's just disgusting. I'm getting so nervous. And that's why I don't like mud. <laughs> like, for example, all the rednecks that do mud riding. I hate mud riding. <laughs> hate mud riding, man. I hate it. I hate mud riding. But. <laughs> Used to do it as a kid, which is the funny part. But as I got older, I got more of a neat freak, a Yankee, whatever you call it. But, but I, uh, but I was so distraught. And then my dad's like, "Man, there's no, there's no showers here. There, there's nothing we can do to clean you right now. So we had to get all these towels that we brought, and my dad had to put it all in his car, all in his truck. This was his truck at the time, and it, and we had to put it in the truck." And once he put all the towels in the truck, I sat in and for 20 minutes, man, the longest 20 minutes of my life. When I say I felt so disgusting sitting there for 20 minutes driving back home, I'm telling you, the shower was just so like, like God came down from the heavens through water. Like that, (laughs) that's how it felt. Like I was just like, Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This water. But, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm a neat freak. I don't like, uh, Stuff that's messy, like dirty, like that. Messy? Now, I'll leave leave my clothes. I don't usually fix my clothes because of this position or like I'll forget and stuff like that. Or like, or like I don't do my dishes or whatever. Like I don't like cleaning dishes either because I hate soggy food. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like soggy food and you don't actually dump it in the trash. And my mom complains because I don't dump it in the trash. So I'll leave it in the, in the dishwasher and she's like, go clean it. And I'm like, huh, I don't want to clean. But I messed it up for myself because I didn't. I didn't take it out from before, but but once I got back, dude, the shower was so good. It was so good. It was. It was in that moment where I felt so disgusting, and I, and I was like, I was like, man, like, and I, and I was just a kid. I just didn't like being dirty, and 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 once I took that shower, I was like, oh, praise Jesus! I don't feel no because the mud got dry and stuff like that. I was like, eh. it's like this is disgusting. And, and I just realized it was just, it just felt so, I felt so dirty. I felt so like disgusted in that. Like I was just like, oh, like, like take this off, get this off of me. I don't know if you relate to me in this regard, but I feel that way sometimes about the inside of me sometimes where I feel so dirty and so messed up that I feel like I could never be clean, and I and sometimes I do that. Sometimes, like I'll try to do good stuff. I'll try to be obedient to make myself clean. I'll try and do this and that, and it just became religious work. It became religious work in my life, anyway, and I felt so disgusting. Because here's the deal: spiritually, we can experience the same thing. How often? Do we get caught in the same sins over and over again? And we can feel the filthiness on us. We spiritually need to be clean. We spiritually need to be clean. Because because I look at being dirty on the... Because in- here's the deal. We're using outside stuff to clean the inside. Which that's not how God works. God goes straight to the inside and it cleans out from the outside. That's what transformation means conform and transform are two different scenarios conform means you're being changed from the world outside in so whatever you do on the outside is going to affect the inside of you but transform is is god's term of i'm going to change the inside of you so that everything outside of you can change that's how god sees it god does it in the complete reverse of what man sees it and here's a question do you feel clean does your life reflect a clean heart, or do you feel messy or filthy? We all struggle feeling worthy, and the truth is, we really aren't worthy. Did you know that? I I don't want to I don't want to destroy your your self esteem or your self help, but 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 a lot of times I think because the Bible does talk about this how us as human beings, since we gave into sin, we have become unworthy for God's glory. We have become unworthy in places, and we beat ourselves up because we can't come to the fact. Because it's 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 talking about because we like to hate feeling unworthy. Oh, I don't I don't like you saying that you are unworthy. You are worthy. All this stuff. Well, I've learned in my life instead of like messing it up or like taking what I was like like me feeling not worthy, feeling like it's like it's bad. Feeling unworthy is not a bad thing. It means you're accepting who you were before Christ. Jesus always talks about if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you confess your sins, this means that you understand who you were and now you understand who you are now. We all struggle feeling worthy and the truth is we're not. The good news is that God gives us a way to be clean through Jesus. Jesus is the answer for your clean cleaning or cleansed heart back to psalm fifty one ten Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is a powerful prayer to, for all of us. We need God to clean. To create a clean heart inside of us. It is important for us to do it. Oh, I said that wrong. I read it wrong. Hold on, let me say this again. It is impossible for us to do it in our own abilities. That's what I was saying wrong. Because it's true. We can't do it in our own abilities. And that's the debunk I want to make because religion does that. Religious people do that. Religious people will try and be obedient so that they can feel clean. They, they try to be obedient because, because, oh, I'm going to get judged or I'm, God's going to kill me. That, that's what religion shows it. But in reality, but in reality, God doesn't kill you. You trying to be and make good works and be obedient if that's the motive then you don't know Christ for real then then you don't know the God that I'm serving then you don't know the God that a lot of us serve because we are so focused on what God's going to do to us when we stumble that's why we try to think we got to do good stuff to make it to heaven or we got to try and do this and do that to create a clean heart it's not the case i'm not saying you to be excessive in your mistakes I'm not saying for you to be so indulged in your sin. Don't be in that. There's a difference between dealing with sin and living in sin. I deal with sin all the time. I've made mistakes in sin all the time. I still make mistakes in sin. That's You as a human being is going to deal with that, but to live in it and accept it and bring it into the fruition of your life, that's a scary place to be because because it's not what God's going to do to you, but in reality for me, I'm afraid of what God cannot do through me because I'm letting sin block that door in my life. And I can't be clean without it. I can't be clean without Jesus. But I do this. Here I have some I have I have one, two, three. I have three points. And this first point I do all the time. I did this a lot when I was a teenager and, and actually being a leader when it was called fusion. This is what I did. Point number one. And I want to command this to you. Stop faking it till you make it. Stop faking it till you make it. I did this all the time while I was a leader here in Fusion. I would would pray for people. I would speak into people's lives. And then I would go be sinful the next day afterwards. Living in it. I'm not saying not dealing with it. I just let it happen. I let it just happen. And I started to fake it. I started to fake that I was a good person. I started to fake that I was doing a good job. But in reality, I felt so much shame. I felt so much guilt. I felt so much pain. But I was faking it till I made it. And culture teaches you that. Not just the culture of the world, but the culture of a religious system. They will teach you that you have to be this perfect being, this perfect entity, when God's the only one that is perfect. And I don't think we realize that sometimes is that God doesn't want your perfection. He wants your surrender. He doesn't want your your what you can do for Him. He wants just you. And Jesus did the same thing in the, in the New Testament. Jesus did this all the time. What Jesus would do was that He would want them to know that, hey, don't know by what I do, know by who I am. Peter didn't say, oh, you're the healer, you're the, you're the restorer, or, like you can do this for me, that for me, this for me, that for me. He didn't, he didn't proclaim Jesus by who he, what he would do, but he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He claimed Jesus for who he was, not what he did. And that's the same thing for us as Christians and children of God, is that we are not labeled by just what we do, but we are labeled by who God says we are and who we are in Christ. That is the ultimate factor in you understanding that your works do not measure up to what God. The Bible says that your good works are like filthy rags to the Lord. They're like filthy rags. That means every good thing that you do. uh, That's nothing. I know that sounds harsh. Doesn't mean you don't stop doing good. Be a good person. Be a uplifting person. Be someone that you could put a smile on someone's face. That's from God. But it's not something that makes you the approval of God. God does not approve just good works. You're, you you don't have to prove anything to the Lord. The Lord is not that insecure. God is not insecure. You don't have to prove nothing to the Lord. The Lord already knows that He wanted you. He wanted you even before you were saved. He wanted you even before you were a screw-up. He wanted you even before when you, when you were doing the bad stuff or when you're doing the bad stuff now. He still wanted you. But for us, we look at, we have to be obedient and legalistic about it, when in reality, that's not the case. It's not the case. You gotta stop faking it till you make it. 1 John 1, 7 through 9 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim sin, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins that he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. I want to go back to first verse 8. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's faking it till you make it. Oh, oh, I like like one time I'm going to be I'm going to be completely blunt, be completely blunt. Someone was dealing with some sexual stuff, pornography, all this stuff, masturbation, whatever that looked like. And they were and they were really dealing with this stuff. This one leader said, man, I've never dealt with that before. This you shouldn't really come to me for that. I've never really dealt with that before. Really? You've really never dealt with that? It's not like you can just go buy Playboy magazines and that make it more difficult. You can have it on this little device called a cell phone. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it made me mad when he said that. I'm like, why would you lie to him like that? He's like, no, for real, honest to God. I haven't, because here's what happens. We fake it till we make it. Because guess what? That leader came out and said, dude, I've been struggling with porn for for forever. I was too afraid to say it. I'm not saying I hate the person. I don't say I hate that person. I hated that the person was lying to people about how God makes you perfect throughout the outside of, of you not sinning anymore. If you claim that you're not without sin, you're deceiving yourself. If you claim to not be dealing with certain things, then you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. It's not because, it's not because you can't, that, that you're trying to ease their heart or make them give them hope. Because in a way, he said, I thought that would bring him hope. I was like, no, that would tear me down. You know what that would make me feel like? That would make me feel like I'm the only person dealing with it. But because he made him feel like he was the only person dealing with it that dude never went back to him. But this dude that I that I knew, he found restoration. He found restoration within somebody else really relating to him. Because I don't want you to fake cuz that's the another issue even in leadership. But not just in leadership, but in our own life. We will fake it till we make it. We will fake it till we make it. We got to stop doing that, y'all we got to stop faking it till we make it. Jesus cleanses us from all sin as we live in the light with Him. You don't have to be lost in sin and darkness any longer. Scripture shows us that we are all hopeless to sin in our lives without Jesus. We are only fooling ourselves if we think we can avoid and conquer sin by ourselves. Now, in my walk with God, I've learned to hate things and accept things. I've learned, for example, I have learned to hate, hate porn, hate the sin of it. But, but I've learned to accept that I still deal with certain inappropriate sins in my life. Not because I accept it, not because I'm just like, I'm going to live in it. But I have to accept that the fact that it's going to come back and I have to fight it. I can't lustful thoughts. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get into that next week. Cause next week we're going to talk about the brain. We're gonna talk about the mind next week. But 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 in all reality, there are certain I still deal with lust sometimes. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but that doesn't mean I live in it. That doesn't mean that I'm letting it conquer my life. Because I'm asking God to fill in that void because only Christ can separate you from the sin that you deal with. It's all about interceding and prayer when you ask God to set you free. Even with our best intentions and all of morality in the world, without Jesus, we are slaves to sin. When you confess your sin to Jesus, Scripture promises that He is faithful to cleanse you. When we surrender our sin and our lives to Jesus, we can boldly declare, because of Jesus, my heart is clean. Your heart can be clean. I think what's stopping people from being clean is that is that you really believe that you can't really be clean. I dealt with this a lot of the times. A little bit of a, of a backstory: I had bad intentions, and that's when I was faking it till I made it because I had really bad intentions when I was when I was in ministry. At fourteen, I really thought I really liked this girl coming to Fusion when I was in the youth group and i thought she was gorgeous i thought she was hot that's how i said it i was like dude she's hot she's like so hot but 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 i wasn't really living for the lord at the time i had gone to church all my life said i got saved when i was 7 years old but but i was really i was really dealing with stuff that and i was really giving into stuff and i really wasn't living for the lord and this girl that I liked, I would, I would come every Wednesday just to talk to her, just to try to get something out of her, like, yeah, I'm gonna get with this chick, yeah, she, she, she looked bad, and she bad for the Lord, yeah, I'm gonna put a ring on that, like, for real, like, that was my mindset, like, I was legitimately going to date her because she had good morals, Christian-wise, and she was, I thought she was smoking hot, like, that was, that was my mentality, And that was my motive. I was faking it till I made it. I played the Christian role. It wasn't until mid-year while I was 14, there's this guest speaker that came that Elijah brought, Elijah Young brought. He was the old youth pastor before Brady. And I might bring this man to guest speak one day because he's a powerful preacher and he's also an encouraging prophet. His name is Clay Vance. And he came one time. And... His message was exactly what I needed. Clay Vance was that pr- guy that was like, he would expose you without even knowing that it was you. Because that's how much of in the spirit he was. He was really working with the spirit of God. And, and I would think like, is there like a camera in my house? How does this dude know what I'm dealing with? But that's what the spirit of God does. The spirit of God will use a minister to pinpoint things in your life. Because even the stuff I'm saying, even from before, you're like, Jacob, do you, do you like really know me like that? But that, but that's nothing besides the point. There can be a pastor, there was a pastor that never knew who I was, but what he spoke to me directly hit what I was dealing with. And I was like, it's like God knew. It's like God knows you. It's like God created you. It's like God put, put that in a position to speak to you in a way. And that's what Clay was for me. God spoke to me through Clay. And the crazy thing is, is that after that, my whole intention changed. At 14, I went from thinking this girl was was sexy, to now questioning and asking about God all the time. Every time I came, I would talk to one of the guys, and I was like, I was like, I was like, I want to know more about about the Lord in a way. Because I was trying to, but I was trying. That was the issue. I was trying, but I wasn't trusting God. I was trying, but I wasn't cleansed. I was trying to look clean, but I felt dirty. Hello. I tried to look good and look clean, but I really felt dirty. And it wasn't until 15 years old, went to a fusion encounter. It was like a little retreat at a campground. I think it was in Alexandria or something like that. And it was the second to last message because it was Clay Vance and then the the power of the Holy Spirit. They would pray the Holy Spirit over us. And Clay Vance preached about Forgiveness and I'm a person that one of my per- one of my dysfunctions is that i'm not I, I don't forgive that easily when you break trust with me when you when you do all this stuff even with bad intentions or not with good intentions or not i'm a'm I'm a, I'm a grudge holding person I also deal with anger I have anger issues and I'm gonna get also to a little bit to that next week when we talk about the brain because the brain has a lot involved in it but but I would always hold grudges. And sometimes I still do. Sometimes I still deal with it now, but it wasn't as bad as back then. But what I'm saying is the sanctification had to continue. And, and I was holding some bad grudges against some friends that, that backstabbed me. Like they had my back in a moment. But then all of a sudden there was a, there was a knife in my back because it was their back that they were trying to defend my back, but they stabbed it and they turned themselves against me. And I was really dealing with that. And I've always dealt with that in my life about people turning their back on me. But it wasn't until Clay Vance preached the message about about the offense. And the way forgiveness looks like is that you would drop the rock. And he was talking about a, a biblical character. forgot who it was, but he dropped the rock. And I think he was talking about Jesus when he said, you are without sin, cast the first stone. And I look at that as like a judgment. Like they were judging the prostitute. But I look at it also as an offense. A rock can be an offense. And he taught us to drop the rock. Doesn't mean you don't forget it. I didn't forget it. But it didn't mean that I held grudges. It didn't mean it didn't mean that that I was going to be for unforgiving all my life. I had to learn to just drop the rock and give it to Jesus. And that message really hit me. And then the fifth and final thing, we, we were prayed over by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the presence of God was there. And I and I felt it. It was tangible. I was getting rushing waves of the Holy Spirit and I was experiencing the presence of God in such an extreme way because the presence was so heavy and the Lord spoke to me in that moment. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about being in ministry. Ever since then, from 15 years old till now, I have been pursuing what God's called me to since 15 years old. But look at it. I had a bad intention because I also had another idea to actually sleep with this girl. But God changed my whole mind. He changed my whole heart. He made me clean again. And I think some of y'all need to hear this because some of us fake it till we make it. Not, not like a bad intention like mine. Some of us aren't. But what I want you to know is that the Lord wants you to know you don't have to fake it anymore. Because if you fake it, you won't get help. If you fake it, you won't be healed. If you fake it, this happens with wounds too. It doesn't just happen with sin. You're unclean. Because of Jesus, my heart is clean. you got to declare that over yourself. That Jesus, if you're saved in this room, you need to know that Jesus already made you clean, so stop thinking that you're dirty. Stop defeat stop beating yourself up to the fact that you're dirty. If you're saved and you believe in Christ and you're trying to live for him, he has already made you clean. You just have to say, "Lord, because of you, I'm clean. Lord, remind me that I'm clean. Remind me." Second point, a pure heart is made clean in Christ. Romans 3:23 through 24. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is the picture of the Gospel. We are filthy and need to be cleansed by Jesus. Back to the stop faking it till you make it point. You, If you fake it, God can't clean your heart if you pretend to be something good but you you feel on the inside that you're not, you have to let Christ make you clean. Because I felt that. I felt like a good person, but I felt so dirty on the inside. When someone would give me a compliment, oh, you're doing stuff for the Lord. You're doing so well. I was like, "Eh, all right. Never could receive a compliment because I knew my issues and I knew my dysfunctions and I knew my stuff. So I would downplay it. I would downplay the compliment. But God was trying to show me in that moment because the guy talked to me after. He was like, did you receive that? I said, not really. Not really. And he said, why? I said, I, I know myself. And you don't know too much about me, but but I have some stuff I'm dealing with. He said, he said, no, I didn't say that. And he asked me this. He said, Jacob, does the Lord know you? And he, and he said, and I said, yeah, the Lord knows me. He says, is He omnipresent and omnipotent, which means He's everything and everywhere? I said, yeah, He's everywhere. And He's everything. And He says, that means that that He sees you for what you do and what you've done? And I was in guilt in that moment. I was like, yeah. He said, the Lord just told me to tell you that. And I said, huh? He said, the Lord wanted you to know that you're doing stuff for His glory. I said, are you kidding me? Does he not see what I have done? The mistakes I've made? What I'm probably going to do in the future? He said, he still, God still loves you. The Bible says that while you were still a sinner, Christ died. While you were still messed up in the head, in the body, in your actions, Christ still died. And still wanted to give you freedom. Because he knows that that your heart can change and that your heart can be clean. I couldn't realize that. It was unfathomable when he told me that, that God told him that. But God knew what I was doing. I thought God hated me. I thought God, I thought God was going to strike me down real quick. I was like, what? I was like, N-. I was like, He's probably going to do that. But, But 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 the Lord showed me. He said, I know what you're doing. I know what you're going through. I know what you're dealing with. I know what you're living in. But I know your heart can still change. I know that your heart can still be clean in me. That's why I wanted to encourage you. Because the Lord wants you to know he still loves and cares about you, even though you are the dirtiest person in the room. God still loves you. Even though you feel messed up, God still loves you. Even though you have dealt with things that you're not proud of, God still loves you. God still loves you. We are all messy. No one is naturally clean. No matter how hard we try, we will all make mistakes in sin. That's the good part. That's not bad. Especially in salvation. Making, we're always, that gives you, that doesn't give you the free pass, but that gives you a comfort to know that, that it's, it's already gonna happen. But God still loved me. God still wanted to change me. God still wanted to do things in me that he wanted to change. In the Old Testament, the shedding of innocent blood was used for an animal to atone the sins of the Israelites. That's what they would do. They would take goats, bulls, rams, and they would split them up. <coughs> and they would make a covenant and they would and they would sacrifice it to the Lord to forgive their sins. This sacrifice would cover sin and make people right with God again, through the price Jesus paid on the cross. This word is where it's different. Our sacrifice of innocent blood, we are made right when we believe in Him. So Jesus became the ultimate, sh- like, like, like sacrifice. So we didn't have to do the goats and the rams and try and do something to make up of something. Jesus already made it for us at the cross. We don't have to do anything. It's just given, and all we have to do is receive all we have to do is receive if you struggle to feel clean ask yourself has jesus made me clean it's only through salvation and belief in jesus that we can experience what it means to have a clean heart before god third and final point and 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 then i'ma i'ma pray you guys out is confess your sins to jesus confess your sins to jesus Tonight, I'm about to give you an opportunity to confess your sins to Jesus. And He will clean you. Believe in Jesus and His sacrifice on the the cross. Take time in this moment for yourself, not for your friend, not for your boo thing, for yourself, to approach the foot of the cross in repentance. He will clean you and give you a new life when you believe in Him. Confessing your sin is not... Is not to make you look like a bad person. It's to acknowledge, Lord, I do need you. I can't do this to make myself clean on my own. I need your help. That's what God is saying. That's what God wants you to do. Is to tell him, hey, I did go against you. I did sin against you, but Lord, I want you to make me clean again. Because what I'm trying to do is not helping. It's not helping me. It's not helping me. But I want to give you this opportunity to confess your sins to Jesus.